0: On this episode of AV Week, Polly is getting sued for their brand new logo, Client Site versus Experience Center, and the state of Soft Codec and UC. All that and more. Next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is this AV, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV
2: Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 398, recorded Friday, April 12th, 2019. Show me. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV,
1: driving technology through innovation.
3: And by Crestron. And by Baudio, a leading manufacturer of professional
1: PTZ cameras, pro AV solutions, and UCC integration systems.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information this week, three of my favorite people in the entire world. So let's kick it off. First and foremost, Miss Corey Schaefer from QSC. Welcome, ma'am.
1: I'm well, Tim. How are you?
0: Doing well, doing well. Uh, also with us is uh, Mr. Patrick May from LeGrand. I got to see him a couple weeks ago in uh, in DSE for, uh, for or in Vegas for DSC. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And last but not least, the, the integrator of this group, uh, Mr. John Green from New Era. Welcome, sir.
3: Good afternoon. Great day in Philly. It looks like everybody else in the, the, the uh, view here is having a good day, too. So.
0: Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, all right, let's kick this off. Uh, there were a number of legal and and lawyer-ish things happening this week in the AV industry. We're going to pick one you can go to, and we'll put, put a link on a couple other ones, Um our friends over at, uh, at, uh, at SCN has a couple more as well. But the one we're going to kick off with here actually comes to us by way of UC Today, Unified Communications Today. PDP Gaming files logo complaint against Poly. Really quickly, if you remember, Poly is the new Polycom and Plantronics uh, company. When Plantronics purchased Polycom a year ago, just at, at UC Connect, uh, or I'm sorry, Enterprise Connect uh, in Orlando in uh, in March. They announced the new name change. It is now Poly, which means many. Their logo, which according to Poly, is representative of the old Polycom uh, Star Conference phone. However, when you look at the um, logo of PDP, it's very similar. Now, I haven't done this in a while, so so bear with me, but I'm gonna try to share, yeah, there we go. Share share the, the screen here if you're watching the video. Those are the two logos side by side. A layman, I am not a design artist. I'm not a graphic artist. Those are the same logo, logos, all right? They just, bottom line, those are the same logos. There's no way around this. They, they, they both have the nice circle in the middle. They both have the three legs. According to PDP, which again is a gaming company, they have been developing this uh, since since March of 2018. They've been using it in marketing materials since October of 2018. However, the U.S. government has a handy-dandy website that you can go on and check trademarks. From our research, PDP does not appear to have trademarked this logo nor their name. Polly has. So from a legal standpoint and a, a, a government trademark standpoint, it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, but, Mr. Green, from from an integrator standpoint, new name, right? Uh, yes. New, new connection. Yep. Does something like this destruct, detract or distract from the everyday, you know, workings, or is it just something that Polly has to figure out and, and you know, they'll, they'll doesn't impact you guys at all?
3: Uh, well, like I can tell you, we got pretty close ourselves. The, uh, <clears throat> the logo creations generally cause the issue. It's not the color that you picked. It's not the font that you chose. It's, it's, it's a symbol that's going to represent you. We get a little bit weird because there's new era caps and there's new era technology. So there's always that, that conversation. Uh, but our, our star man, or whatever you want to call him, is very close to one, one of our number one clients, Airmark. They almost look exactly the same. So we, we literally called Airmark and said, do you have any objections to this? And I said, no, there's enough of a difference. Um, I I think it's the onus of the companies to really not be lazy about this. And, again, while you might have a better set of lawyers to some degree, I always think that there's a gentleman's approach to call somebody and saying, listen, you know, this is where we are with this thing and and can we work this out? Um, I would think that a gaming company up against an organization that's worth a billion dollars would probably work something out. You know, I can't imagine. I would hope that that's the case. But, you know, once the lawyers get in the room, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, you can't be lazy about it. That's the thing. I think because the other thing that we've seen, like even when Infocom changed to avixa the other thing, everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> yeah. I don't like your color. Oh, where'd you come up with that? And then what's good is, is that it is it, again, as Dave did, he gave a real story as to how he got to that point. You win in that case. If you can explain as to how you came to that name and what that shape is, I think that that gains, in my humble opinion, that gains the weight.
1: Yeah. I, um, I was at Enterprise Connect. Uh, QSC was actually exhibiting right across from Polly. And so they did the announcement at the show and it was a, you know, big unveiling. They made a big deal about it. And when I saw the logo, I, I recognized it right away as their, you know, their phone, their, their, uh, you know, their, their tabletop phone and um, thought right away that it was that. But I agree with, with John that, um, you know, first and foremost, if, you know, did, did they did they do their due diligence? I mean, were they were they lazy, or did they do do the due diligence? And if they did do the due diligence, um, they should have picked up the phone and uh, asked um, it, you know, and just inquired um, and had did a gentleman's agreement, or 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 um, try to come to terms with this, because there is no doubt these are the same logo. You know, so and the timing, you know, being different, you know, I mean, pretty close together. So if so, even though even if Polly did trademark it before, um, you know, the gaming, you know, will they look back
3: to who used it first? Right. I got to chuckle about this because I'm, I'm simply going to show my age. and I'm not going to drag anybody in, but Tim will understand. I saw the, I saw the the logo. And my first reaction was, "That's the thing you used to put in 45s to put them on the turntable." Oh, <laughs> you're right! It does look then, like that. And then somebody looked at me and said, "You're an idiot." It's a trio. I went, "Oh yeah, that too."
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also reminiscent um, of when I was a kid. We had these little, these guns that sh- shot these little tips, <laughs> right? And, yes. and that was also the yes. very similar logo, uh, which where may where where the gaming company may have come up with theirs. So. Um, Patrick, you guys have gone through um, consolidation and, and merger acquisition, Grande, the, the, the old milestone brand is now Legrand AV. When you guys start going through this, is this how, how deep do you guys get when it comes to making sure that you're not stepping on any toes?
2: Well, you have to go as deep as necessary. And I know that seems like a vague answer, but I'll explain. You have to make sure that you have all of your compliance and regulatory information everything done before you launch a product. So to echo what everybody else is saying, if you haven't done your due diligence and you're putting a logo out there to represent your brand that you haven't trademarked, I feel that you're putting yourself at danger by doing so. We don't launch products without UL regulations. We don't launch logos without trademarks. We simply don't do things like that because the brand image is part of the core of what you're offering as a manufacturer. And if you don't do everything that you can to protect that, potentially you end up in a situation like this. But not only that, you don't really want to be confused with anybody else. You want to be your own brand and you want to stand out there as your own. So it's, it's really important to have a unique logo.
3: I, I found a useful uh, uh, insert to this. This is, this is where you join. You, where if you hire a consultant, you do all your regulations and everything else. You sit about three or four millennials in a, in a room and then you show them the logo and go, what do you think? And where they go to look for their information, like Urban Dictionary, may change your decisions to what you just called your company. Uh, there's Again, there's a lot of official, real hard thought, but the first thing is to go someplace and go, well, what does it mean? And if it shows up in Urban Dictionary, that's the meaning to them. I mean, that's silly stuff, but...
1: Yeah, actually, I've, I've never thought of that. but That makes a, a ton of sense. And I, I agree with Patrick that, I mean, this is a branding exercise. You need to go deep and really understand this. I mean, at our company, we literally will run, if we do an event and we call the event, something like we did an event uh, last year in a couple of cities called uh, AV Genius. And, you know, it had to go through our internal legal. And I'm like, you know, it's just an event. But it was, they really wanted to research even just that name because we were going to put it out there and market this.
0: Well, and, and somebody made the comment to me when, when I first heard this story, um, I was at an event this week and somebody said, well, how do you, you, you can't just, you can't just Google the image yet, yet you actually can, you can do a reverse image search on, on, yeah. Google. reverse lookup. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've done it. We, we've had to do it here at Aviation to make sure that we're not you know, using certain terms and terminology. So. All right, uh, next story here comes to us our friends over at Commercial Integrator. Uh, Vistacom Experience Center brings employees and customers into the middle of the AV tech. Uh, real quickly, uh, both a disclosure and something cool. I'm hosting an event uh, with, with Vistacom this week in, in Bethlehem, uh, one of their customer experience uh, events, not not the center here.
1: That but, is cool.
3: That uh, is very it- cool. Right. And as, as full disclosure, they're one of our competitors. And I I'm, I'm to say some nice things
0: about them. Oh, you're okay. Very good.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. The
0: space itself uh, is is actually throughout their their headquarters, Visicom's headquarters. It includes boardrooms and conference rooms, small huddle spaces, training rooms. Uh, Corey, I want to start with you on this. There, there is a a, a a sense, and, and I'm going to make an an a, an equivalency here that that I this is not a disparaging one, but. In the residential space, they are, there are a number of, of residential dealers who are getting away from a showroom area, right? Well, there there several folks have written pieces. Our, our friend Heather Sidorowicz, uh up in the in, in Buffalo area is written about, you know, toning down their, their showrooms. This, to me, is, is the commercial version, right, the, uh, of sort of a, a showroom where you're able to walk people through and show them the space in, in, in a real working um, area. Talk to me for a second about the difference between this and maybe making uh, a, a site visit on it with an existing client, right? Where it's not, you know, Tim Albright's, you know, AV shops, you know, space. It's going to, you know, a client that I've already done work in and, and seeing them use it in, in a, in a real, uh, real world environment.
1: So I think both are very valuable, and this is something that actually this week is very near and dear to my heart because uh, we at QSC has been talking about the Experience Center, so we've been looking at things that are out there. So I think both are very effective. So I think there's three things customers do, you know, what they're trying to do. Uh, if you go to a customer site, you're able to see how a customer might use uh, what you're talking about, but when you have a showroom, you actually can kind of open up the possibilities of so much more And it's something that typically is permanent, and it really shows off the work uh, of an organization, and it might be the opportunity to actually upsell. And I think this is a, even though in residential, we're seeing it, as you say, you know, companies are going away from it. In retail, they're all going showroom. I mean, there are spaces where you walk in, you can't even buy merchandise, right? Because they're really just showing the experience, and that's what they're doing here. And many manufacturers have been doing this for a long time. And some integrators will take their client and fly them to the manufacturer's experience center so that they can see the the breadth of possibility, if you will. So I think I think uh, experience centers have the have the ability to show more than just what maybe is being discussed. So the whole breadth and possibility, but visiting a customer site is definitely valuable. And then I think a third step is that customers often want to take that they talk to us about is they want to do their own proof of concept. So it's it's these different phases and it depends on, um, who's involved in the decision-making process, right? So you might have the, um, C-suite go see something like a experience center and then maybe a different, uh, a person within the organization go to the customer site, and then of course the, the AV team or the, the technology team doing the proof of concept in their own location. So just different different set of customers and who we're talking with, but all really valuable.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think to echo what she's saying, when you have people coming to your experience center, you have different resources available there as well than you would potentially in a showroom or at a site visit. We have engineering staff, product management, all of those people on site They can do a much better job at explaining our products, how they work, how they integrate with our OEM customers, how the end users can use them, anything along those lines. It's just a lot better, it's kind of like weak way to say, it's a lot better experience to bring people to an experience center. But the reality is, is you do have all of those additional resources to back you up in the full sales motion.
1: And Patrick, the reverse is true. All those resources get the voice of the customer in real time, so that's incredibly valuable as well.
2: Yeah, and that empathy helps us to make our products better, and there's really no price tag that you can put on that. Yes, we have an experience center for that, but we get 10, 15 years of customer empathy out of it.
3: Right. We're we're taking a little bit of a different approach. I I think the showroom idea is good. I think that the critical thing that Corey said is making sure that you're in conversation with the stakeholders, that if you can bring them to the room and they can see. Uh, I just literally left a, about 15 minutes ago our oculus room we are going completely VR and AR for for those solutions uh, we're, we're actually uh, the third section of our building is being rebuilt for a variety of different. Uh, there's a little bit of office space there's a little bit of a, a fab space and we're, we're going to be recording it in the VR AR world to show you that we eat our own you know we're, we're taking our own medicine and doing it but the intent is, is that we, this is a mobile operation, and we'll bring the experience to them. I think that's what's really going to be important. We have done this probably half a dozen times because it's that stakeholder that wasn't at the meeting. And if we can bring to them the visualization of what they just said, every single time we get what, I try to, what we try to shoot for, and, and I think that that's what Vistacom is doing, that aha moment where they go, oh, or yes, that's, oh, that does look stupid. We're doing it with VR and AR on a regular basis. And, and, and it really does. And, and yeah, we've, won, we've, we've won projects where they said, you get me. You understand me. This is what I visualized. And it could be something as simple as, you know, a, a SketchUp or whatever it might be. But I think that the steps that Vistacom are making and the dealers that are making, that's an important thing because it's going to really deliver a better product to the end user. And that's what I think we're all striving
2: yeah and i think i think to your point john as well as the point corey made earlier when you have all of those stakeholders involved and you have them all having a similar experience and seeing the same things it's a lot easier to refine that conversation to meeting the customer's objectives rather than fitting what they think they want into their investment so
3: we've we've employed it on change orders patrick i mean in a situation where we've run into it and there's there's a problem and you're trying to explain well what's the change order for well, showing them in the VR and AR that you see the wall's not there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> where the wall is there, and this is, you know, where the ceiling is this high to people that are not on site, it saves time and energy. Well, not not only that, but
2: it, it has like a critical component to it where it makes the conversation non-adversarial. It's yes, not- Arguing with the customer, it's the product showing what it's capable of, and then it kind of takes everybody out of it, and the decision makes itself. So none of us have to sit there and argue with each other. It's,
3: it's a well, great thing to do and it does. The other, the other, the other dynamic, which is kind of strange, is who we're dealing with on a sales side or who we're dealing with on an engineering side is not a stakeholder, and they will often not carry that message to the stakeholder because I'm not going to get my rear end kicked. But you say, listen, let's let's I'll come to the meeting with you, and we'll actually show it, and Generally, the stakeholders are willing to do that as long as it's in their time and type of a situation, and they and they have that aha moment. to go, "Okay, got it. You guys work it out. I understand." Right. And and, and that that person that you're working with with the customer, their vision of what he's capable of is raised.
2: <laughs> but yeah, and it's it, that's a very that's very true. And like I said, it all kind of happens organically, so none of us have to force the point and the customers love it because they don't have to argue back with their management either.
0: It's not a, this guy's trying to sell me something. It's a, this is what this product does. Well, and you, and you're giving your clients, you know, that, that ammunition by, by showing them that, right. Um, John, real quick question. And this is more of a a technical question. So you're, you're, you're almost like virtualizing a, a a spec. You're virtualizing a bid, right?
3: We're, We're virtualizing a bid. We're virtualizing an experience. Uh, I'm going to give a, a really good example. We, this, is, this is actually, we're going to roll this out pretty hardcore, this VRA or solution. Uh, somebody in Philadelphia has a couple million dollars, and they said, here, build me a beer garden. And I'm just using that term because it's basically an open space for a medical institution. They got this gigantic open space, and it goes, I want this to be called the X Gardens, and they've brought somebody in that's a designer that's using design thinking. They're going to sit down, and we're going to sit in the room and go. Well, I'm thinking. And they're going to go through the flare concept of this is what I'm this is what I'm envisioning. This is what I think. And maybe the and the, the donator will be there in the room, and we'll be able to give them the Oculus and or put it on the screen and saying, "Is this what you're looking for?" And it's going to just change the dynamic of it. And the other thing is is that the partnership that occurs is. Yes, they're working with us. They're giving us more information to settle on that type of a situation. So, teaming up with the right, teaming up with an architect, teaming up with the design thinker, teaming up with the AV person, teaming up with the gardener. Yeah. Uh, and being, they're like, oh yeah, the entire team, and they're giving us pictures. So we are What's, literally going. Like,
1: it's as, a real experience. I mean, that's as, what you're as, delivering. The other
3: thing is, it's exciting because the other thing that happens is it's taking us out of our space okay because we're gonna go why well, put that big screen over there but if you're sitting here talking about it you put it up and going you have the aha moment going yeah that kind of looks stupid right right,
1: <laughs> right so everybody
3: share everybody shares with the responsibility and that's i think that when again the end user product or the end results are just more dynamic
0: mm. uh all right guys our last story here comes to us are from our friends over at av magazine blue jeans networks has hit 100 million dollars in annual recurring revenue uh, quote, unquote, the video conferencing and collaboration software vendor has increased usage by 62% year on year, which is an incredible jump. Um, says it's aligned with one of the hottest and fastest growing markets today. Uh, to give kind of context, according to Gartner, um, Zoom is the market leader in, in SoftCodex. They're at 330 million dollars. Uh, with annual revenue that's estimated because they're not public yet. They're going to be public. But
1: that's what they filed with, with yeah. going public, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Patrick, I'll start with you on this. Where do you see this this market, and honestly, this kind of unified communications, this UC market going, not just in soft codecs, but just in general, where are we at with, with this market?
2: Well, I don't see any particular slowdown to this market. We're doing a lot more collaboration these days. We're using UC
0: right now to record this. It's and, being, uh, Full disclosure, we're using Zoom, you know?
2: Right, right. And so I don't see this going away. It's something that I use every day. This is probably the fifth call that I've been on today uh, on the camera. So it's not something that's slowing down. We are seeing a little bit of, like, I guess the micro environments of it where we're using it in our home offices and things along those lines, which I think is what's going to
0: help to grow the codec businesses possibly a little bit more than the hardware side. All right, John, same kind of question. Where are we at?
3: Uh, I always love the questions you ask because we just came out of a sales meeting yesterday that, uh, that discussed Soft Codex. We, we, we brought in our subject matter specialists for Zoom, and, and the reason for it was because we have our enterprise clients that saying, "Okay, well, I got a Polycom infrastructure, but I still have blue jeans. I have this, and I want to bring in and, and just this acceptance of Soft Codex and stuff like that." And the scary part about it is that the clients are asking about it on a daily basis because the perceived ease of use, uh, but you having 10 salespeople and three engineers in a room talking about a solution, there was a cacophony of confusion. I mean, because everybody knows just about a little to be dangerous. Um, but th- this is like the projectors, soft codecs are going to rule. I, I use it, I, as, as Patrick says, I've been using Zoom for four years because it's the only thing that Pop Pop me, understands, and every time I press the button, the damn thing works. If they don't, if everybody else doesn't get it, it's not gonna. You know, it's 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 a shame. And Bluejeans is a vital offer. I mean, it, they've they've been around long enough. They put themselves into a good position, a good base to grow their business. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and I'm just going to chime in and say that uh, remote working also is is only going to continuously rise. And by being able to do video, you have uh, everyone is definitely more engaged. We all know when we have video on, we're not multitasking, we're not, you know, uh, doing other things and it just changes the dynamics of the relationship. We uh, at our company we have two different platforms actually, but everyone is is um, really gravitating to Zoom because of the ease of use. And when we ha- our standard one is uh, we, we've been using you know Skype for the for for the longest time. And even when we use Skype, we we have to do like one additional click. Then we have to do a Zoom, and we won't do it. So it's so um,
3: annoying! So- it's so annoying. <laughs>
1: one additional click but it really is because we have so many we have offices around the globe we've got a ton of remote workers and really the the trying to find the right employee to join you know the right person to join your team today we're now we don't really you know depending on the role it doesn't matter where they live it's about finding that right person and so our use has just gone up and up and up yeah
0: so, so let me ask you this because I'm I'm going to make an assumption here that that all of your companies uses an office suite. Uh, we uh-huh. here at Aviation has We have an office 365 yes. suite. What does this this new push by by Microsoft and specifically Teams and that push and, and the fact we're introducing um, video into that as well and into Corey's point really kind of hones in on that remote worker. Uh, the ability to have one-click, you know, video conferencing. What does that do to this space? Uh,
3: I, I get to t- we, we're Office 365. I have 18 people going to a full-day Teams discussion because we've completely adopted it, and we've adopted it for a variety of different reasons because of the collaboration, but because also we're also very we do we use video. You know, instead of me getting out, you know, my my fabric ran out of a chair, I'll I'll go video a desk that's a half a step away. Just because it's easier, because I can, contrary to what Corey says, I can try to do two things at once, and anyway. and that's it's it's a time saver, you know. I, I, while I'm talking to somebody, I can tweet, so yeah. um, good.
1: Well, and there might be companies that actually adopt multiple platforms based on. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I love about uh, the company I work for, they try, they really listen to what people want to use versus kind of forcing one platform on everyone. And, uh, and I, I, really, I really appreciate that.
3: Yeah. Na- name a platform. I think I have, I, I probably have at least five platforms on my computer here. Just yeah. again, just to, so that I can relive the experience myself. And when talking to a client going, this is what I see it as, this is how I've experienced it. It's really important. and, and, and customers just want, you know, well, is it two clicks? Yes. Oh, I don't want two clicks. Yeah.
1: I don't want one click.
3: Yeah, I can see your whole team standing around yelling at the toaster, right? Going, hurry up, hurry up!
0: I at least want one click because I want to have control over whether or not I'm doing video that day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want any autoplay on the camera. (laughs) (laughs) That can be
2: (laughs) bad (laughs) situations.
1: Oh, you guys are no fun.
3: Yeah, I was at, I was at a meeting today where I was the only one, and it was like I, I could see myself. It was a gigantic head on the other side of the screen. <laughs> go, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go audio here. <laughs> <laughs> I get the other funny story. Just to take time, I'm in a meeting making a presentation yesterday for for 20 people. We're talking about things, and my daughter took an Uber, and a notification came up: Your daughter just took Uber. <laughs> so, oh, no, I gotta, I gotta like, make that notification Alright
0: yeah. <laughs> right, guys, that's, uh, that's going to do it for, uh, for this week Thank you all so much Ms. Corey Schaefer from QSC, thank you as always ma'am
3: Thank you for
1: having me And uh, for those interested, follow me uh, on social Just look at uh, Corey Schaefer at QSC anywhere So Corey.shaefer at QSC.com uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc
0: Alright, very good uh, Mr. May, thank
2: you sir as always Absolutely, Tim. Thanks for having me on. And if anybody has any questions, Patrick.May at Legrand.com. All right. Very good. And Mr.
0: Greenser, thank you so much.
3: Thank you. It's always fun. Always informative, Tim. Thank you very much. You can find me always on Twitter at jgreen6. All right. Very good. And he is always on Twitter. He is always. That's where I find out about those stories that we didn't talk about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there,
0: there's a couple we, we ain't touching yet. Cause there's some legal mumbo jumbo that I ain't, I ain't hitting. All right. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters. Uh, cause the blues are just starting their, their long descent into Stanley club playoffs. Uh, but go by the website if you would please avnation.tv that's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, I want to point out two brand new ones that were, that we started. Um, One is is our new digital signage show uh, called Digital Signage uh, Digest uh, hosted by uh, Lenore Elaine. Uh, That's a monthly one. And we just this week posted a brand new one where we look at the world of architecture through the lens of AV and technology. Uh, what we're doing, is we're kind of bringing architects and technologists together and having a conversation with them on a monthly basis. So both of those are, are on the website uh, while you're there. Also check out our underwriter section. Uh, these are the folks who support us financially, help us bring you AV week and the is one of those. We appreciate them. Uh, also help us bring you info.com, which Holy cow is just two months down the road. Uh, that page is up and running. You can also also already register Uh, for the tweet-up, which happens uh, with the Wednesday of Infocom from 4 to 6 in our room. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.